The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. Chris, it's been kind of a busy week for the New York football giants, who finally added their defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen, the former defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. Young guy, only 37 years old. I went on the Valentine's Views podcast and discussed a lot of this with our illustrious, esteemed leader, Ed Valentine. So you can find some of my thoughts there, but I wanted to bounce some things off of you and maybe discuss how we feel like Shane Bowen is going to fit with the current Giants personnel, some of his tendencies and some of the things we saw with Bowen when he was operating under a defensive minded head coach, mind you, in Mike Vrabel. And one other note too, Chris, the Giants also hired another Tennessee Titans coach, which is Tim Kelly, who was their offensive coordinator last year and their passing game coordinator in the previous season to be their tight ends coach. So that's two Tennessee Titans who are joining the New York Giants. Maybe we should start calling them the New York Titans and just let's deflect the fact that that used to be the Jets name. Yeah, that we'll just kind of... Uh back away from that one it is kind of interesting it's something i that that kind of occurred to me a little bit earlier today is that the giants have been kind of raiding the nfc or i'm sorry the afc south over the last couple seasons you know like they brought in mark Lewinsky, formerly of the indianapolis colts they brought in uh paris campbell again formerly of the indianapolis colts uh adoree jackson was formerly of the Titans, and now you've got two ex-Titans coaches. It's just kind of an interesting trend. It's an interesting trend. I think it's somewhat circumstantial, but it is a observation that that um you know actually kind of um comes true when you start looking at some of the additions of of uh, the New York Giants in recent times. But Shane Bowen, man, the Giants bring this guy in. Like I said, a young coach. A lot of people on Twitter ask me, "Oh, is this a is this a four three or a three four? I don't want to say that's an antiquated way of thinking, but you do want to look at look at it from a from a different perspective because you you're in sub package so often in the NFL. And Shane Bowen, he was in sub package a ton. He used a lot of four down fronts, which I think it's best to term those even fronts. And then he also had the three four type of odd fronts. And the difference is an odd front, you're going to have the three linemen defensive lineman in between the tackle box, meaning there is no natural bubble over any B gap. 
and you create basically a wall if you have both of your edges pressed up on the line of scrimmage. This is what we saw with Wink Martindale when he was in base. But again, Wink Martindale wasn't in base personnel all that frequently either. So why am I saying all this, Chris? I'm saying this because I wouldn't expect to to uh, come away from, from this hire, like, oh, the Giants are going to run this base personnel all the time. I think they're going to be a little bit more fluid, which reminds me of Patrick Graham. He was flexible with his fronts. But I think we are going to see Bowen use Dexter Lawrence at nose maybe a little bit more frequently than we saw him use Jeffrey Simmons there and, and some of his other defensive linemen when he was with the Tennessee Titans, just because it really fits the strength of Dexter Lawrence. And I believe Andre Patterson might have some some of a say in this too on those early running downs. I think a lot of this does come down to the Giants personnel, which isn't nearly which isn't nearly figured out quite yet because we're early in this offseason. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three, uh, divide, you know, however you want to phrase it, that that's something I've talked about a lot uh, behind the scenes. I've talked to, talked about it with Ed quite a bit, and I try to not get caught up in it. Uh, one of the things that c- comes up a lot when people talk about four three versus three fours, when they picture a three four defense, they're picturing the old school three four defense, like the old Pittsburgh Steelers, the old Giants, like the the nineteen eighties three four defense. When you had three big dudes just out there eating up blocks, and it was the linebackers who did everything. When a lot of teams run 3-4 nowadays, they're running really the Wade Phillips take on the 3-4, where the linemen, it's a one-gap defense. For the most part, your defensive linemen are still on the slimmer side. Yes, the defensive tackles, or the defensive ends, rather, are still yeah four-eye or five techniques, and they're still big dudes but they are still they're longer and leaner than just a two gapping defensive lineman tends to be because their job is still to attack into the backfield and there isn't a whole hell of a lot of difference between a one gap 3-4 like again Wade Phillips used or like the Giants have used a fair bit recently and the Four three under that we all remember from Steve Spagnuolo's time with the defense, where you have the four down linemen, but they're all athletic and they're all attacking one gap. So, I but the, there isn't nearly as much a divide there as a lot of people make it out to be, and you can play both fronts with similar linemen, which is really one of the big reasons why we've seen so many teams switch to just these fluid multiple fronts whether where they are playing four down linemen in nickel situations three down linemen in maybe a neutral situation or sometimes two down linemen or five man fronts and like you said phrasing it odd or even fronts is so much more accurate than trying to put it into these three, four versus four, three boxes. Yeah, Chris. And that sounds like a semantical type of argument, right? But we have to look at this defensive structure that Shane Bowen employed a lot of too high read type of 
coverage, which is similar to like Vic Fangio and what we saw from Brandon Staley, a lot of quarters and palms where they were only rushing four defensive linemen and using a lot of twists, some pirate stunts, things of that nature. Pirate stunt is where the nose tackle is going to loop around two individuals who are slanting inside. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what that looks like with Dexter Lawrence. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But when you have these two high read type of coverages, the palms, the quarters, you're going to only rush four, meaning you're creating an advantage with five eligible receivers typically on the back end because you're not bringing the blitz all that often. Like Wink Martindale loved to bring the blitz, loved to dial out the pressure, and I felt like that was a really fun defense to, to watch. But now you're going to have some guys on one-on-one -on -one islands, which you're going to get, but this is a zone match defense at its core. It's a lot of zone match. You're going to get some man. They ran cover one, but it's going to be a lot of those quarters and those palms. And then in cover three, they are going to match. And if you go and check out the article that I did over at Big Blue View, you get a lot of situations where you have a numbers advantage of four over three on the defensive side or three over two on the defensive side, depending on if it's a three by one set or depending on what happens when the routes do distribute. But the, the key to this is that your defense is cohesive, is that they are on the same page and they are communicative. Because if it's not, as we saw when James Betcher was the defensive coordinator, it can lead to blown coverage and explosive plays, which we saw a little bit from the Tennessee Titans in 2023. I don't have their explosive play rate in front of me, but I know they surrendered explosive plays that got opposing offenses down into the red zone. And that's where they really ramped it up because this red zone defense was the best red zone defense in the league. They only allowed a touchdown on like 37% of trips to the red zone, which is really freaking good. So that's another, I think, key takeaway that we can look at about Shane Bowen. I'm currently watching tape on their red zone defense right now. I don't have a fully formulated idea of how they've done it, but I know they're really strong against the run. They're aggressive with their safeties coming downhill when they are in two high shells opposite of the running back's location to fit the run. But it all does come down to also personnel, right? One other thing I want to throw at, actually, you know what, Chris, give me your opinions on this. And then I'm going to throw something else at you that has to do with Jim Schwartz. Okay. Yeah. The, that does kind of lead me to one of the questions I do have with Shane Bowen, and that is the giants secondary personnel fits within that zone match coverage scheme. You know, Communication is very important. We'll have to see what happens with Xavier McKinney because we know he is a very good communicator. That's why he had the green dot under Wink Martindale, particularly last year. Well, two years ago now in 2022. And he is very good in identifying those coverages, going to where he needs to be within a zone coverage. Uh, he did that very well with Patrick Graham. The communication aspect, I think, is going to be important because, like you said under James Betcher, the, their Giants had a ton of communication breakdowns, and that did leave, lead to explosive plays. I'm looking at it right now. The Titans, I believe, gave up the seventh most explosive plays last year, and yeah, that is something I am a little bit concerned about, and it, it is going to be a transition because the Giants... I think really did remodel their secondary to fit that, that very aggressive mold that Wink Martindale had set, you know, had the uh, Tay Banks, who is a physical aggressive man corner, Trey Hawkins, who right now is 
cornerback two with Adoree Jackson on the free agent market. Got Cordell Flott, who is, a, again, another man coverage corner. Uh, maybe Darnay Holmes kind of steps back into the four because he was drafted for an, an earlier defense, that Patrick Graham defense. So that, I think, is all going to be very interesting to see. But I got to say, you started to bring up the Titans red zone coverage or their red zone defense. And that was impressive. They had one of the, if not the best red zone defenses in the NFL last year, in addition to having a very good run defense, which again, that's like you said, that part of that is their defensive backs coming up and aggressively filling in those run situations. And that's good news. I think for Jason Pinnock, Good news for Dane Belton that those guys are both very good coming downhill. And that does present an interesting question as far as Isaiah Simmons goes. It does. I don't know if I'm Isaiah Simmons, I'm not going back to the New York Giants more than likely. Not with that offense. I think Isaiah Simmons is going to thrive in a system that is playing with a lead. That's what I that's where I I would say most defenders would. (laughs) Exactly. But my point is he's not an early down guy. You no, want you want no. all four quarters of pinning your ears back in passing situations and getting after the quarterback. And that was the thought process. I think he's a good fit for Wink Martindale, but not with not with the offense they had, because the Giants didn't have all that much opportunity to allow Isaiah Simmons to pin his ears back. Now, if he goes to see Spagnola, he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he can pin his ears back frequently in the fourth quarter because Patrick Mahomes is going to give them a lead. That's where I think a player like Isaiah Simmons is going to have success. But with the red zone defense, I was watching the Seattle Seahawks game and I noticed they kept trying to hit smash concepts in the in the red zone, meaning the number two receiver, the inner receiver would run a corner route to the deep corner with a pivot or a hitch, something from the outside number one receiver to occupy that defender. And then they would try to squeak the corner route behind that one defender. And they were not successful until DK Metcalf ran a fade in the back of the end zone. And I think one reason why we're going to see teams try and attack, if Bowen incorporates a similar type of defensive structure, try and attack the deep corner of the end zone is because he does a good job because he only rushes four frequently, did not blitz often in the red zone. He did not. And when he did, it was against Anthony Richardson until Anthony Richardson got hurt. And it was against CJ Stroud, who was a much better quarterback than typical, than typical, um, rookie quarterbacks happen to be, but it's because Shane Bowen puts both of those safeties. They read the releases of the number two receivers, the inner receiver, if it's a number three in an empty set or three by one. And then they just kind of angle themselves to intercept anything that is going to be crossing the face. Those underneath defenders pass them off to the safeties, and then they get their eyes on any subsequent drag routes. It's all about communication, but there's a lot of traffic in the interior part of where the defense is. Basically, everything in between the numbers, there's a lot of defensive bodies. But what you can do is try and hit outside the numbers on those fade passes and those corners. And that was the Seattle game. I have to work through some more tape right now. It's Again, the hire was less than 24 hours ago as we are recording this. 
But the Seattle game, you could tell Geno Smith and and the and the Seattle Seahawks were really trying to get to the deep corner, establish leverage to the outside for the receiver to win and then make the catch, get both feet in bounds. I think that's the way this red zone defense can be defeated. Yeah, and that does kind of lead me to one of the questions I had about the Titans and their scoring defense, and that's how much of that was just a reflection of the offenses they faced. Uh, Our colleagues over on Music City Miracles, the Tennessee Titans site, described Bowen as an adequate defensive coordinator whose defenses performed as you would expect based on the teams the Titans played. And frankly, the AFC South has been down. Like the the Texans were fantastic. Probably probably the best story in the AFC this year. I with the Lions kind of being the best story in the NFL overall. Yeah, you know, the Colts were better than I a lot of people expected. I think that's because a lot of I don't think people were expecting a whole hell of a lot from Gardner Minshew. But just over the last few years, you know, the the Jaguars were bad three years ago, got a little bit better two years ago, maybe didn't take the next step we thought they would this year. The Texans are only very recently competent. And yeah, it's the Colts, again, they have had their problems over the last few years as they've really are still struggling to find somebody who could take over for Andrew Luck. So like the NFC East could have three very good offenses between the Cowboys, the Eagles, and potentially Washington, depending on what happens with them with the quarterback and fresh uh, newly hired Cliff Kingsbury. They've got talent at the skill positions. And I am, what I want to see is how Bowen's defense matches up against an offense that has C.D. Lamb, that has A.J. Brown, with whom he is quite familiar, and Devonta Smith, who has Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and those guys. Yeah, and that's a big jump from the skill sets of the skilled positions in the NFC East and then the AFC South. So it's going to be interesting. I I don't I want to say the Giants have better personnel than Tennessee on defense, but I don't think that's a given. I think some of it might be contingent on where Xavier McKinney goes. I think Dexter Lawrence is probably better than Jeffrey Simmons, but even then, like Jeffrey Simmons is a very good football player. Yeah, and you know, I I think that's kind of the other the next thing we should talk about, which is kind of the the fits within this yeah let's first take a break we'll head to some sponsors and then we'll get into that with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. 
a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, Chris. We're going to talk about some of the defensive fits with the tape that we have seen from Shane Bowen. I also want to bring one thing up before we get to that, and that is the use of the wide nine, baby. Let's not sugarcoat it. Jim Schwartz was in Tennessee for the first two years as a defensive analyst, a senior defensive analyst with Shane Bowen, a young 33, 34-year-old defensive coordinator. And Jim Schwartz knows how to win football games, and he is known for his wide nine rushes. A wide nine rush means you're going to align the personnel, the edge rushers, very wide of the tackle and very wide of the tight end if there is a tight end there, giving him an advantageous angle to run up the arc and around to crash into the pocket. And on passing situations, because again, we say this is an odd front defense, kind of. Yeah, there are times where they will align in an odd front, but on these passing downs and even second and seven plus, I saw plays where you had a four technique, a four eye shade, nobody in the A gaps. And then two rushers very wide. And what would happen on a four-man rush was those two four techniques, I saw this quite frequently, where they would twist with each other, running a stunt, running a game, whatever you want to call it. And then they would just send the two edge rushers flying up the arc and then trying to crash in to the pocket. I think the Giants have two edge rushers right now who can fit with that defensive philosophy in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, because both of Kayvon and Aziz, their number one skill set, their best asset is their upfield burst and their explosiveness. And when you have that wide angle, Chris, what can be leveraged from that? Your burst and your explosiveness. Oh, absolutely. And it actually kind of does take away some of the emphasis on bend like uh, bend is still very important for an edge rusher even when you're going with a wide nine front which you know as soon as you say wide nine it's like oh jim schwartz yeah, synonymous. It, 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 pretty much in some cases infamous for it <laughs> something else we can talk about but you know th- we've had the questions about aziz ojalari about his lower body you know it, do the how much have those injuries affected him? Because even when he got back, he was still kind of invisible at the end of last year. If he is in a defensive alignment where he can just fire off the edge, already have an advantageous angle on the offensive tackle, left tackle, right tackle, doesn't matter, and not have to bend quite nearly as much as as if he is trying to win high side from a seven technique, which is, you know, just outside the tackles outside shoulder that I think that would make his life much easier. I think that Kayvon, he should be able to pl- play that technique. No problem. He did, did it a ton at Oregon. He is a pretty bendy guy for a guy, his size. There are a lot of ways that Shane Bowen can use that. And I do like the way he uses those twists on the interior out of that wide nine, because if you're creating confusion, if you're creating, if you're basically forcing the defense, or I'm sorry, the the offense to use three blockers 
to defend two defensive tackles. That creates those one-on-one situations, and they're disadvantageous one-on-one situations for the offense. And it also does kind of help to address the primary issue with a Jim Schwartz wide nine defense, which is those uncovered a gaps and just the natural running lanes they create. And you also, when you, when you're running those twists, right, you have, if you're the New York giants, which this is the podcast covering the New York giants, you have Dexter Lawrence. He masks a lot of vulnerabilities and he, that guy has an orbit. He has a gravitational pull towards him. He's large enough to be a planet, but he also has a gravitational pull <laughs> because any running back who is, or say if it is a halfback draw or quarterback who's trying to slip around him, he does a good job closing with and then securing that tackle to the deck. So that's one thing that I, that I look at here and I say it's um it's solid for for Dexter Lawrence just and for Shane Bowen if he decides to run a similar system. Because again, this is somewhat conjecture. We don't know exactly how Shane Bowen is going to call a defense without Mike Vrabel in his ear and with this personnel. I think it's going to be similar, but we're not 100% certain about that. He could be very flexible with his with his structure. And we've seen multiple fronts be employed by Shane Bowen anyways throughout the 2023 tape that I've witnessed as well. But if this does happen, man, and the Giants are 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 getting pressure with four because of this wide alignment. That's going to be a blessing because it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of the back end, the Deontay Banks and the Cordell Flots and the players like this. And I think Deontay Banks, yes, he's a man coverage guy. He showed me a lot in zone. And when Wink Martindale had match type of principles, which he did throughout his defense, I felt like Deontay Banks handled that well. I think the Giants do have some vulnerabilities in the in their secondary in general, I'm glad Jerome Henderson is still being retained as of right now to to be the coach. But we need a we need personnel on the back end. I, I think that's that's very fair to say. We saw Bowen run a lot of three safety looks. That's something else that I that I look at and I'm like, if Xavier McKinney's not retained, is that going to be a thing? Like, how much of a precedent? And I wanted to run this bio. How much of a precedent, Chris? Do the Giants? Xavier McKinney have on staying here now that Shane Bowen is there. Do you think Shane Bowen is going to look and be like, yo, you got to bring X-Man back here. This is a captain and this is somebody who we could really leverage in this system. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know that Shane Bowen's presence is a draw for Xavier McKinney, but I think it it is a favorable situation for him because as we talked about in the first half, Bones' defense, at least as it was constituted in Tennessee, it does fit McKinney's skill set. This is a an opportunity for him to play well, to make Pro Bowls potentially, because we we know he is capable of making game changing plays out there. You know the the Titans did not turn the ball over. I think they were actually either. Yeah, close to or had the fewest number of interceptions of any defense last year. But Xavier McKinney, he does have good instincts. He does have good ball skills. We know he can cover ground from a deep half and just slam the door shut on a on a receiving window and he can come away with the football. That I think is good for Bowen's defense. The complicating factor is that the 
Giants don't have a ton of money. They're a little bit better off than they had been the previous two years, but they still only have about $17 million in effective cap space. You know, maybe Joe Shane can structure a contract to bring McKinney back that is that maybe pushes some of that money back a little ways, but we also don't know what McKinney is looking for. He could be looking at Julian Love and how the Giants just didn't really deal with him and let him go, and Love got a pretty good contract, and he is in a pretty good situation now. So that is a factor as well. And then the other side of that is we don't know what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley. We don't know what if he is going to come back, if what his contract demands will be, if the Giants will meet them, and then how much of their cap space that will take up. It might be possible that the Giants want Xavier McKinney back. Shane Bowen might want him back, but they're just not able to work that out. And then, like you said, that's just another hole they have to fill. And I guess that just chalk safety up as an, as another need for the draft. If that happens, it's going to be interesting. I'll say that much, but Chris, anything, it is. anything else before we get out of here? You know, I've, I have other thoughts. Like, you know, I'm curious about how Bobby O'Karake and Mike McFadden play in this defense. Yeah. You know, they played pretty darn well for Wink Martindale last year. I think they will do well. I think they have the range and the athleticism to exist in, at the second level in this style of defense. Like you talk about all of the, the bodies moving around, all of the traffic in the middle of the field. That I think does bode well for them. Uh, I don't know that they're going to get nearly as many chances to blitz in this defense. I mean, just in the absolute sense, like there are going to be fewer blitzes. And when they do come, they usually come from the slaughter or safety position. So that's that might make McFadden and O'Karakee's lives a little bit more boring. I'm also curious about the depth on the defensive line. And now that we have a rough idea of the defense, of the defensive structure, how does it start to get filled in through free agency in the draft? You know, does does Nacho, Rakim Nunez-Rochez, does he get a larger role? Because we saw his role not really increase that much when Leonard Williams left. But Sean Robinson got a bigger role. Nacho is a more athletic player. Does he get, does he slot in as a starter next to Dexter Lawrence? And then what happens behind Kayvon and Aziz? Because you can't leave those two guys out there every single play. Does that bode well for Ojane Zimenez as kind of a more natural player for this style of defense? Or do the Giants have to go out and find more edge defenders? So it, like you said, there's a lot of moving parts, but at least we have some sort of framework. Now. Some sort of framework, and I'll take it. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in here to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like, subscribe, comment on the podcast, and head on over to BigBlueView.com where you could check out all of our written content. We'll have some film breakdowns on Shane Bowen's defense and what he did in 2023, as well as some of the stuff that he did back in 2021 when the Titans' defense took a huge step from their 2020 season when Mike Vrabel was like the defensive coordinator and it was just kind of awkward because Dean Pease retired for about five minutes and then went to Atlanta 
Atlanta. It was a weird situation, but we'll be going over all that at Big Blue View. So go check that out. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day.